This, this is the second, second Story Podcast. Growing up, I had this teddy bear named Teddy. We were inseparable, and I took him everywhere with me. And as the world grew wider and things started to become scary or strange, Teddy became even more important, my only piece of constant security in this world that seemed increasingly confusing and out of control. Every child has that safety net, that object or person or character or idea that they cling to tight while the world spins faster around them. In this week's Second Story podcast, Eric Warner explores that safety net both for himself and for his awesome young nephew. Eric is a Chicago-based storytelling guru and is currently producing and performing in the Kindest of Strangers Storytelling Festival at the Side Project Theater Company in Rogers Park, neighborhood of Chicago. With his story titled The Companion, Second Story proudly presents Eric Warner. I received my first cape when I was six years old. I remember it billowing from my shoulders as I perched on the tree limb ready to leap into the air and maybe surprise my mom at work by swooping down from the skies past her office window or flying past the kitchen window and shocking my grandma who was, she thought, watching me. But grandma was watching mild-mannered Eric Warner, not the Man of Steel. And in my mom-made costume of blue leotards, a pair of tidy whiteies dyed red, a Superman t-shirt, and that cape with the S that looked so much like Superman's S that I knew it was one of his spare capes, I scampered up the tallest tree in my grandma's front yard to test my newly pound power of flight. When I asked my mom, how come Superman can fly? She told me, it's his cape. He can fly because of his cape. That is an irresponsible thing to tell a child. Because as we all well know, Superman can fly because the yellow sun of Earth supercharges his Kryptonian cells, unlike the red sun of Krypton, which doesn't work like that. But that confusion over flight and fabric was realized as I lay on the sidewalk after bounding from the branch, crumpled and sobbing, why doesn't my cape work? But I didn't let belly flopping onto concrete discourage me, though, because up until around 11 or 12, costumes had another superpower for me, invulnerability. Even when I wasn't wearing one, costumes gave me the ability to deflect the hot lead insults that my stepdad shot at me every time I saw him. Hey, dumbass. Fat ass. Hey, lazy ass. After my mom married him when I was seven and moved my brother and I into his house, I lived my life like a covert ops mission. I'd duck out of my bedroom and I'd slink along the wall and I'd go to the bathroom as quickly and as quietly as I could, doing everything with the steely-eyed courage of John Rambo. And as Rambo, I knew when I would be caught behind enemy lines and to give only name, rank, and serial number. Not long after we moved in, I went to the grocery store with my mom, and in the toy aisle, I found a Rambo accessory kit. And in it was a small, red, ragged strip of cloth to use as a bandana, a bendy plastic bowie knife, and a little 
green plastic Buddha pendant that I thought was very pretty. I went to my first and only haunted house that Halloween. And since my mom wouldn't let me go as a shirtless Rambo, I had to wear the pendant underneath my shirt. Halfway through the haunted house, I'm feeling pretty okay. There's nothing too scary yet. When from around the corner, a blood-covered doctor revs a chainsaw right in my face. And I jump, I scream, I pee a little, and my hand clutches at my heart where I feel the pendant underneath the shirt. And I say to myself, I'm not scared. I'm Rambo. And when I had to sit and take the insults from my stepdad, I would just press my back against the chair and let the invisible S with a little plastic Buddha pendant take all the hits. So I kind of became a scared little kid again when I saw my 11-year-old nephew Joseph in that line of fire from my brother as we're sitting around the dining room table playing a board game. And Joseph is sitting there with my brother towering over him, my brother bellowing. You wouldn't have lost that game piece if you weren't so lazy. Start paying attention. And I became a scared uncle when I couldn't see an S across Joseph's chest or a cape billowing from his hunched over shoulders. So I got up and I stood face to face with my brother, or at least like face to chest, because my brother's always been like three feet taller and wider than me. But I got up and I asked him, do you remember how we were treated when we were kids? Yeah, well, Joseph's just like you were when you were his age. Well, Joseph's an awesome kid, so thank you. That is a compliment to me. But if he is, I'll tell you what I responded to people always yelling at me. I just avoided them. And I don't want to see Joseph turn away from you. Whenever I, I stood up to my brother when we were kids, it usually ended up with him sitting on me or shoving my face into his armpit and walking around like that. So I, I was pretty certain that this grown man was going to do that to me again. So maybe I tapped into a bit of latent Rambo when I stood up to him. After we moved in to my stepdad's house, my brother and he constantly fought with each other, and so much so that my stepdad kicked him out of the house. And so he went to live with my grandma and grandpa, and then they fought constantly, and they kicked him out of the house. And the only place my brother could or wanted to go was to live with our dad in Colorado. And since I was never close with my dad, my brother and I haven't really seen each other more than once or twice a year since we were in grade school. So it took me almost five years after Joseph was born to finally make it to Colorado to see him because I'd come to Denver to attend my dad's funeral. Beaming across the stress and uncertainty of my dad's very sudden passing was the beacon of meeting the coolest kid ever. And Joseph and my dad were incredibly close, so I thought that to take his mind off of things, we would go play. And so we went out into the backyard and we were playing like space rangers. And I wedged myself into his little plastic playhouse and we were pretending that was our spaceship. And I told him, first mate Joseph, we, there may be hostile aliens about. And just then my brother comes out of the house and Joseph yells, there's one now! Pew, 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 pew. And G my brother comes over to the house and he says, all right guys, come on, we gotta get going. I turn to Joseph and I say, first mate Joseph, it appears that our mission has come to an end. And he turns on me and yells, no! This is my mission now! 
onward! And he leaps out of the spaceship and he's running and rolling and jumping and shooting. And I say to myself, Captain's Lock, this kid is awesome. Last Halloween, when I asked Joseph what he was going to dress up as, I was so excited when he told me, I'm going to be the 11th Doctor Who. Cool. Is he your favorite doctor? Yeah, I like him. He's cool. But, but I'm going to make my own costume, and I'm going to wear it to school. And he told me that he had everything he'd need to become the 11th Doctor. He had the slacks and the, te- the shirt and the bow tie, even the battery-powered sonic screwdriver. All he needed was one simple piece of clothing, a tweed suit coat. When I talked to him a couple weeks later, I asked him, so how's it going? Did you find a suit coat? No, we couldn't find one. So dad got me the thing called an evil gnome costume and told me to dress up in that. I don't want to. When I asked my brother what happened, he said, we, we looked all over. We couldn't find a kid-sized suit coat. So I got him this other costume, and I don't know. He's saying he doesn't want to dress up in costumes anymore. He's too old for it. I hung up on that phone call, not as Eric Warner, mild-mannered uncle, but shouting an adult-sized tidy whities dyed red, this is a job for super uncle! (laughs) So, in real life, super uncle is actually bald and bearded 30-something man sweating profusely because instead of flying, he just bikes really fast, frantically asking tiny Indian women in seven different Chicago thrift stores the unfortunately creepy question, Where are your little boy suit coats? For those of you unfamiliar with Doctor Who and thus living unfulfilled lives, he is the last of the Time Lords, a race of time travelers from the planet Gallifrey. And this one in particular is the 11th because he's, I guess, molted is the best term for it, 10 previous times. Now, each time the doctor regenerates, his body changes, his features change, his personality changes, but he retains all the memories of his 10 previous incarnations. It's a fantastic way to keep the show going once an actor's contract finishes up, but it's also a perfect analogy for that alien species Joseph is becoming so quickly it terrifies me, a teenager. Just in the last few months since I'd seen him, my brother told me that he's grown almost three inches, and the peach fuzz above his lip is growing more and more celic. And when I called him for his birthday, after geeking out about Doctor Who, we hit a lull in the conversation. And to break the silence, he asks, so, um, how's your love life going? And I don't know what to say to this. So I say, um, well, um, It's good. Did you get that Doctor Who comic book I sent you? And that last time when I visited Joseph, we went exploring the way that we always do. And we just go to see what is out there because we're both curious. And this time, as we've both gotten older, he goes a little bit further and I amble more than leap from rock to rock, but there's still that urge to break off from the rest of his, my family, and have experiences all to ourselves. In those 15 minutes, that hour is without exception the most important thing that happens on that trip. With every doctor, 
There is his companion, someone that he explores the cosmos and time stream with. And typically, when the doctor changes, he gets a new companion, and the old one leaves. And I can't help but worry now, every time I talk to or see Joseph, that I'm going to become that bygone companion soon. A couple of days before Halloween, my brother got a package in the mail, and in it was a very small man's tweed suit coat, and Joseph wore it to school as the 11th Doctor Who. And I talked to him later, asked, how did it go? Did everybody like your costume? He told me, nobody knew who I was. <laughs> Only my best friend knew who I was. Everybody else was asking me, what are you, a businessman? Where's your briefcase, businessman? When my brother got back on the phone, I asked him if the coat fit okay. And he said, yeah, it was a little big, but he'll grow into it. That was Eric Warner. Who did you look up to growing up? And how did they help you in times of need? This story was curated by Jessica Young, with performance direction from Julian Stroop and a sound design from Nick Kawahara. Second Story is more than just a podcast, it's a live story power experience. Join us for our next performance in Chicago at Webster's Wine Bar on November 10th and 11th. The theme of the evening is Sixth Sense, Stories of Awakening. For tickets or for more information, visit our website at secondstory.com. That's 2ndstory.com. Second Story is a volunteer-based organization, and as such, we greatly rely upon donations from our audience. Please remember Second Story while you prepare yourself for the holiday season, and whether it's your time or financial support, Second Story is thrilled to accept your gift. You can always reach me for comment on this or any other Second Story podcast at ozzy at secondstory.com. Be sure to follow Second Story on Twitter at Second Story or Instagram at Second Story Chicago to get behind the scenes of our curation process. Second Story podcasts are brought to you in part by the Gaylord and Dorothy Donnelly Foundation, the City Arts Program, the Chicago Community Foundation, a part of the Chicago Community Trust, and the Arts Works Fund. Second Story podcasts are produced by Eric Hazen, with special thanks to Sherry Pentamone and C.P. Chang. I'm Ozzie Totten, and this is Second Story. Thanks for listening.